I'm Evelyn and I'm a geoholic. Jesus, I almost feel violated. Uh, wait, 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 wait. We gotta wait for the wait, the best part. There's more. Yeah. This is the kind of shit uh, Megan listens to. It's very angry. Yeah, isn't it? Well, kind of. It kind of gets me going. Well, it does get me going. But like I said, it's almost like I feel violated. I don't listen to that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm more kind of a oh, you're 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 an '80s guy. You're an easygoing kind of uh, Lionel Richie guy. I'm sure. Well, <laughs> it depends. It depends on the mood. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Well, here we are, episode 153. Welcome back to Yaholics. Uh, my goodness, we've released a lot of content lately. Man, it's been content overload. And by the time this one gets released, uh, my new favorite episode of all time will come out. That is, of course, with our good friend, uh, Tony. Tony. Oh, man. We, that was amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Do we man, have a good time. Nothing like a good old immigrant Italian oh, guy. Surveyor. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Legend. I mean, salt um, of the earth. Bottle of whiskey. Yes, yeah, it was a good hell, hell of a guy. It was a good night. Anyways, we're winding down the year here. Um, some really exciting things coming up for the Geoholics next year. I can't give away a bunch, but we are going to up our game a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. We've hired a company to help on the production side. There's mm-hmm. going to be a video component in 2023. Yes, there will. Our good friend Mark Taylor, who's with us this evening, is going to be helping us with that. A yep. uh, couple exclusive partnerships coming up that we'll be announcing very, very shortly. Mm-hmm. And with that, um, there's going to be some 2023 friend of the program opportunities coming up. Uh, in addition, if you're looking for ways to support the show, of course, you can be a friend of the program. We have a Patreon account where I think you can donate as little as like five bucks a month or something like that. And even if you do five bucks a month, uh, we will send you in due time a complete Geoholics fan pack. Oh, yeah. And we've got all kinds of new swag. I mean, some of it's not new, it's just better quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but my goodness, these koozies that we have now. Oh, top notch. Top notch. Not that shitty foam shit that costs like 50 cents a piece. This is the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. It really does all the things you want a koozie to do. It really does. And it does. feels good on your hand. And it's flexible, so you can put it in your pocket. That's right. Easy storage. Um, so, yeah, just don't really forget cool our stuff. branded lingerie. And yes, yes. Uh, it only fits you though, Mark. And how are you, my friend? Good to good to have you back. Thanks. Doing very well. Very very busy. Doing crazy different stuff. Does your business get busy at the end of the year, or is it just pretty much consistent throughout? It's consistent throughout, but we do have a peak in December because people are like, "Oh shit, mm. um, we need to break the back of whatever it is, mm. line work, or mm. getting out the survey, or we need the data." Cool. Um, yeah. It's also the best time to get paid because everyone suddenly starts to pay us. Oh, interesting. Got to clean up the books. Got to clean up the books. So Fantastic. How about you, Producer Sean? Oh, man. I'm doing very well. Awesome, as as usual. Getting over a little cold, so excuse my raspiness. Yeah, how was Thanksgiving? I know you're the big the turkey weirdo. How'd that uh, go? Turkeys turned out awesome. Yeah. Uh, smoked one, good four hours. 
Uh, it was really fun. I was over at our friend's house, and they have a couple boys, you know, five and eight years old, and mm. I got them into it, you know, watching the temperature and throwing a couple more sticks in there to keep the smoke going, and oh, nice. uh, they, they really got into it, so it was a good way to amuse them, and deep fried one, man, 30 minutes 12 pound turkey. Fried. It turned out awesome. So, had a lot of fun. Then went up to Flagstaff for the uh, yes. We, uh, me and the the wife and the child and the mother in law went and saw Santa Claus and helped Santa Claus build some toys for the kids. And my kid really, really nice. enjoyed that. So, it, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah. do you think that eight year old boy you mentioned was really enthused about what you were having him do, or was he probably like this creepy old guy who wants me to think this is cool? So I'm going to sit I here mean, and act like you I'm get to fun. you get to open a little firebox and keep throwing sticks and mm. pieces of wood into the fire, and then you look at the temperature thing, and I think he was into it. Yeah, there you go. I don't think he was just amusing me. Awesome, awesome. All right, uh, tell us about that opening number that. Rocked my world, as they say. Blew your mind. Blew uh, that mind. was System of a Down, song called Toxicity. Uh, System of a Down is an um, Armenian-American heavy metal <laughs> band formed in Glendale, California in 1994, like mm. thousands of others. But wow. The band achieved commercial success with the release of five studio albums, three of which debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200. System of a Down has been nominated for four Grammy Awards, and their song, BYOB, won a Grammy Award for the Best Hard Rock Performance in 2006. The band has also sold 12 million records worldwide, while two of their singles, Aerials and Hypnotize, reached number one on Billboard's Alternative Songs chart. You know what's amazing? 2006 was 16 years ago. Yes. Fuck, Jesus. Where does yes. time go? It's insane. Yeah, many people don't know who System of a Down is. Uh, well, our guest this evening does. No, oh, it's great. Yeah, yep. yeah. Just as a, as a reminder, if you're a guest on the Geoholics, you get to pick the music. Well, kind of. You get to pick the band or bands, and then uh, we take it from there and pick the best song that's going to be best for that particular episode. And our Spotify playlist, gosh, I don't know, it's about 10 hours of music on there now. Every song from every single episode that we've ever done in chronological order, is on the Geoholics playlist on Spotify. It's an amazing playlist. I think that's going to turn into really, really being something. I think it just might. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of being something, we are in the Diamondback Landstrumming studio, as usual. Um, TK, man, he's done it again. Done it again. He's got a new Instagram uh, page. I think it's like uh, Surveying Careers or something like that. He's got something in the works. I'm not sure exactly what it is yet, but I know... Well, it's DK. He's always got something in the works. He does. Right? And there's there's this partnership forming between him and Get Kids Into Survey. You know, that's no secret. You know, we talked about that when we were at mm -hmm. uh, Dimension. Some really cool stuff going on there. But uh, stay tuned. That's all I got to say. I think there's, there's something big that's going to be announced here after the first of the year. Not that I know anything. I'm speculating, but... Yeah, I got a feeling too. It's My be gut big. tells me there's something yeah, happening. I so agree. stay tuned for that. Um, Producer Sean, do you have a, a lock of the week? Uh, of you, course I do. Are you prepared? Do you have something? I am always prepared. Even when I'm not, I'll act like I'm prepared. Um, so uh, real quick, uh, last week, a little update. I had two picks. Mm. Uh, it was the over in the Steelers-Colts Monday night game. The over-under the over was 39. I said take the over. Total points was 41, so that's a win. I also said take Portugal over Uruguay. Portugal won. That was a two-for-two two lock of the week. Uh, from somebody that has been terrible at picking, hitting two on that, I am personally very, very proud of myself. Uh, that being said, this Monday NFL is the 
Saints at the Bucks, mm. and the Bucks are only giving up three and a half points. Uh, my, I'm actually going opposite of the opposite. So mm. if my initial thought is that's not enough points, the Bucks are going to route. So then I should take the opposite because that's what Vegas wants me to think. But now I'm actually going to take the opposite of that opposite and say take the Bucks. So it's a double negative. <laughs> it's it a double as, negative. I'm back where I negative. started. Take the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Give up the three and a half oh points. God. I think yeah. they're going to cover it. That's awesome. My my record speak for itself. So take that uh, advice uh, as as it is on the surface. It's pretty terrible, but. So I think you should start consulting Phil the Groundhog. I really should. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, if there was you a 50 50 odds and mm. I bet on it, I'd be at about 20%. <laughs> love it. Love it. Speaking of being a really shitty better, I tried to place a bet on the USA Iran game. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. on, what am I, what I, FanDuel or whatever, mm-hmm. there's like the free $10 bet. You know, if yeah. you pick USA to win and they lose, sure. you get a $10 bet. Here's how dumb I am when it comes to betting on soccer. I could have swore I put the $10 bet on USA to win. But somehow I picked Iran. Yeah, you got it. It's in order. There's it's, like home, away, tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's if the top team and then the second team, and then it lists you one, two, and three, and yeah. it's first team, second team, or first team, tie, second team. Okay. There's an there's a thing where it tells you how to navigate through that. Well, apparently I need to read that. Yes, yes. You actually need to read the instructions. Because I would have, I mean, not that it would have been a big win, you know, but still I would have got the uh, the, the $10 winnings or whatever, um, but I even fucked that up. But that being said, how about that USA how making it out that? of the group stage? Yeah, it was pretty exciting. I don't think they're going to last long, but man, it really gets the juices flowing when yeah. the... When the Yanks go out, of, out into the World Cup yeah. and actually do something to get some attention. So and I like it. For those of you that picked them to make it to the quarterfinals, congratulations. They're not there yet. They're not? They no. Never. Quarterfinals is what if they, they win. They're in the round of 16. 16. Oh, okay. We've got yeah. a long way to go. Yeah, so like got, the, one more win and they'll be in the quarterfinals. Like the eighth finals. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's Ooh. correct. Whatever yeah, that is. He does do math. <laughs> Yeah, the right. They just won the sixteenth. Uh, yeah, 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 they won the sixteenth. All right, I, I'm, I'm never betting on soccer. It's <laughs> probably okay. a good plan. Stick uh, to curling. <laughs> Stick to curling. <laughs> Time. Speaking of that, I curled last night. I sent Sean a snapshot of my watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got new Apple Watch. Yes. Tracks all my calories. Blah blah blah. In a eight uh, n game of curling, mm-hmm. I burned what eleven hundred calories? I think. Wow. Yes. Is that yes. Uh, the is that what normal people would burn or incredibly out of shape guys burn when they <laughs> curl? No, incredibly active guys. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. I, I think that was his entire day's activity, <laughs> not just the curling event. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, Tiger, this week's Sorry, Russell. Death's weekly words of wisdom. Oh, man, this is a good one. <clears throat> Here we go. If you ask me how I want to be remembered, it is as a winner. You know what a winner is? A winner is somebody who has given his best effort, who has tried the hardest they possibly can, who has utilized every ounce of energy and strength within them to accomplish something. It doesn't mean that they accomplished it or failed. It means that they've given it their best. That's a winner. I agree. No, no. Walter Payton. Hmm. That's a Walter Payton quote. Walter wow. Payton. Sweetness. Yep. Sweetness. Yes. One of, my, uh, one of my heroes. Best running back of all time. Arguably, I suppose. It's arguably in some people's minds. Hello, Geoholics, and welcome to Bad Elf's Point of Beginning, a segment specially crafted for the consumption of geospatial news, history, and technology. We hope you enjoy the content and perhaps even learn something. My name is Dr. Nick Smolovsky. I'm a geoholic, and I'm here to be your geospatial guide. 
the phrase, beam me up, Scotty, just got bent. Yes, you heard me correctly. Researchers at MIT recently developed a programmable optical device for high-speed beam-of-light steering. Scotty seriously just got a lesson in physics. Jokes aside, what does this actually mean for the common person? Well, what it means is that we are one step closer to being able to manipulate light on a whim. A neat and nerdy precursor before we develop technology like three-dimensional holograms that we often see in the movies. Known as a spatial light modulator, the wireless MIT device can control light such as by focusing a beam in a specific direction or by manipulating the light's intensity. And it can do it much, much more quickly than any existing commercial device on the market today. Keep in mind that today that most light devices are mechanical systems constrained by hardware. For example, a typical LiDAR or light detection and ranging system today that is mechanically uh, designed would operate about one million times slower than this new technology. While the theoretical concepts are scientifically heavy, it is easy to understand that the more we're able to control light, the more advanced we will become as a society. Surveying and mapping devices, driverless cars, and even brain imaging scanners will soon be revolutionized by technologies like these. Great work, MIT. I can't wait to see this innovative technology develop into a common household gadget. If you have any questions or comments about today's POB segment, please reach out to me via LinkedIn or through the Geoholics channels. And that does it for us at B2 Studios in sunny Texas. Live long and prosper, my friends. Here we go. Our guest this evening, we have Russell Hall with us. Russell, a little bit about him. Uh, he's from Connecticut, which is the weirdest spelled state ever. Connecticut. But it said, it's spelled, or it said Connecticut. It's weird. Hmm. He attended Eastern Tennessee State. Uh, he lives on an island. We'll get to that. Very interested. Uh, he is in charge of the mobile mapping and UAS and mobile extraction for Langen. We'll get into that as well. In recent years, he's worked on some really cool projects. Uh, NASA, Hard Rock Stadium, he did some scanning. Uh, did some scanning on the Las Vegas Strip for autonomous vehicles. Really cool stuff. He's passionate about getting younger people into surfing, which is great to hear. Nice. But in the last... 14 months, he's lost over 55 pounds. Whoa. A lot going on with this guy, in addition to being ridiculously handsome. Oh, yes. He's stunning, actually. Russ, welcome to the Geoholics. Thanks for being here. Oh, my gosh. With a send-up like that. I hope I can uh, hey, we, don't, we don't mess around, man. We don't mess around. It's all about the guest. Well, we have a Thank calendar you. coming out, and I'm thinking you should be January, February, March, April, and May. <laughs> The oh Geoholics calendar. Actually, that is a great <laughs> idea. Yeah. Uh -huh. I think we're on to something oh, here. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, mental note. Okay, <laughs> time for the Trimble Pro Point Icebreaker. Of all the unique projects that you've worked on, Russ, which one was the most challenging and why? Oh, geez. Uh, I'm going to have to say it was probably NASA because of the logistics of it. Mm. We the The crawler was... The crawler, once it was moving, it was staying in motion, and we had to have monitor both sides 
Um, and I don't know, <clears throat> the crawler is what the NASA uses to bring either, you know, the rocket mm -hmm. that just brought the Artemis rocket out or, or the launch pads. And it's like the size, the width of it is uh, of like a four lane highway between the treads. Like it is monstrous. Wow. I always, you know, this is going to date myself, but uh, Metal Gear, the game, you know, from the mm -hmm. 80s, early 90s, it, to me, it's like actual Metal Gear. That's how big it is. And um, so we had to uh, leapfrog sets of crews while we were doing real-time monitoring with tablets and, and, and uh, the like uh, total stations while the geotechnical engineers were, were getting everything fed in. And then we there we go. Love those guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it would go through critical areas, people um, would have to monitor the level too of uh, a level rod was stationed next to the total station just to make sure that wasn't sinking at all and if it went over a hundredth then they were going to stop everything it was it was pretty pretty intense because the area of incident i think they said it was you know uh 75 or 100 feet it was going to throw eight feet of earth up straight if wow. it failed Jeez. like that's how we're it was 23 million pounds wow what it was carrying at the end crazy and note even though it's the trimble pro point icebreaker he mentioned Leica. Yeah. Right? <gasps> so shout out to anybody listening that works at Leica. There is room for more. If you are interested in being a friend of the program, <laughs> please send us an email at info at geoholics.com. Love it. Oh, better yet, get so me a drone to fly. A, <laughs> we're part, uh, I'm a gold partner, a silver partner with them. I know I got some, got some people I can uh, send your way. All right. Good, Only good if they're people. as pretty as you. <laughs> well. We'll talk offline. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I All right. So, so you, no, you actually live on an island? I do. It's called uh, New Smyrna Beach. And the town itself isn't an island, but there's a they call it Beachside, and it's an island, huh. a small island. It's actually only about uh, 17 miles as the crow flies north of NASA. Oh, wow. Interesting. So where do you live? Is it Florida? In New Smyrna Beach. Is that yeah, Florida. Is Florida. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. I should clarify. Yeah. There's two now. Yeah, because you're not in uh, you're not in Connecticut anymore. We're not we're not in I'm Connecticut not. anymore. We're not in Connecticut. Mm. No, sir. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, so, how did you? Uh, this is kind of get to know Russ segment of the show. Mm. Um, sure. How did you get interested in uh, in surveying? Um, that sounds so dumb, but uh, when we were learning trig in, in high school, I think it was a junior year, mm -hmm. and a lot of the examples they would give were the surveying examples because they always, you know, they try to give the practical uses for trig. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just thought it was so cool. It was kind of like detective, you know, like it was the old school stuff that they gave, the, you know, one setup over here and one setup over here with the angles, you know. Um, so that's what I thought surveying was. I didn't realize uh, when I got my job out of high school, I ended up seeing someone on the side of the road. I was just like, are you hiring? And they're like, yeah. And then I went and they're like, do you like the outdoors? I'm like, yeah, I can't get poison ivy. And they're like, do you like math? I'm like, yeah, I love Trey. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you're hired. That's and awesome. That was, that was it. That's cool. So in your trig class, the examples were survey related. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the guy that's looking that way, yeah. and it, there's the curve or the the angle, and unless yeah. you're a flat earther, unless you're a flat, flat earther, earther, there are yeah. no Ooh. curves or angles. Yeah. But that's a Ooh. sensitive topic in mm. this this realm. We need to get a flat. I just earther love a show. guy that right. actually Please. likes trig. Like no one gives, no one says, "Oh, I really like that." I thought it was cool. Mm. You know, 
Yeah. You got you got yeah. Sokotoa like tattooed on your arm or something like that? I don't, but I still know the law of like what is it, the law of the law of signs or the like the law of signs and the law of cosines. Yeah. So the law of cosines is what a school. Yeah. C times. Go trig. It's my favorite math. Oh. Two B well, C times A squared. Wait, B squared. A squared plus, plus B squared. The square root. Squared. The square root. The square root. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I, I have any of these. Oh, that's awesome. This is so cute, you guys. Yeah. Do you guys still <laughs> know how to use the slide oh, rule? Yeah. Uh, so fun. But anyways, so fun. But at one point, correct me if I'm wrong, but all surveyors had this little bit love affair with trig, just because. They finally got to figure it out and thought, man, that's so cool that it seems complicated and man, I, <coughs> it hits my brain and I know what it is. Right? Mm. Yeah. It's four yeah. paces to the east, three paces to the west, sit under the tree. There you yeah. go. Yes, that. That's mm-hmm. kind of like a coordinate, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All you need is three data points for, yep. oh, <laughs> remember? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's yes. true. That's true. Yes, but is it an isosceles triangle? Oh, jeez. That's oh, a whole oblique. Di- whole, whole, oblique whole, di- whole, different, whole different class, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I oh, gotta yeah. say though, in uh, Connecticut, the meets and bounds states, and oh, there God. is sometimes there's there is descriptions like what you just used. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, we have that here in Arizona, right? Meets and bounds, yeah, and townships and are, all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you guys? Oh, if you're townships, then you're yeah, you're PLS, we're rectangular. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah mm. for sure. Yeah, the meets and bounds thing. Ugh, Whew. that's that's complicated. Hello again, Geoholics. We'd also like to thank our good friends at Carlson Software, whose software I actually use on a daily basis. Carlson Software has been producing software and hardware solutions for the land surveying, civil engineering, GIS, and construction industries since 1983. Carlson's unique approach provides geomatics professionals with the most powerful, affordable, and independent technology options and the best free, unlimited tech support in the industry. I can say from personal experience, it is second to none. Their mission is to be the premier independent developer of land surveying, civil engineering, construction, and mining technology products. To find out more, visit carlsonsw.com and be sure to mention that you heard about them on the Geoholics. Uh, so talk about talk about Langen, company you work for. Seems like a really good company. Talk about uh, what you do there and uh, a little bit about the company culture. Uh, it's a it's a great company. Um, don't tell them I ever said this, but I would no, I have no intention of ever leaving that company. Um, oh, you're ruining all your negotiating <laughs> yeah. power there, yeah. Russell. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to broker this um, for you. <laughs> yes, it's great. It's it's a great company. It's got uh, it's diverse. It's got it's got lots of uh, women that work there too. So it's like it's nice company coming from you know smaller places. Um, it's really positive. Uh, they provide a lot of opportunity and a, and a lot to work on really cool projects. A lot of projects get recommended to us that are really hard. Like the NASA one came from like a, mm. themselves when they were trying to, the universities, the, it, that project had some universities involved with it. And, uh, you know, they recommended like a, they reached out to like a, like a recommended us. So that's the kind of company it is like the hard projects. Yeah. That's awesome. How big of a company is it? Uh, I believe it's I believe it's eighteen hundred people 1800. around there. Gotcha, gotcha. And locations all over the all over the states, basically. I would say right now we cover the whole eastern seaboard. We're, we're headquartered in New Jersey. We have you know all of New England and New York and New Jersey, Philly, and then it pretty much we've reached now down to Florida, and we're into hmm. Texas. Uh, five offices in Texas, and we're on the West Coast. Gotcha. And we just opened one in Chicago. 
And then we have offices in Panama, England, Greece, Turkey, Qatar, and United Emirates. Australia? Not Australia yet. No. We, we, we know somebody. Yeah. <laughs> we can help you out. Yep, for sure. All right. So when it comes to surveying, what do you love about the profession and what drives you crazy about it? Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love that uh, each each job has its uh, own particular challenges with it. It's like, it, it, you know, um, you go to do just a regular, you know, title survey and, and it could be just so different from site to site, you know, whether it's the boundary or the encumbrances or how you go about it, maybe you use drone LIDAR on it or you do it on the ground, you know, just the approach and everything. It's always different and there's always a, a, a new problem to solve. That's so for like sure. That. Or, um, or like trying to uh, reconstruct shitty surveyors, surveys that don't close. Mm-hmm. That sounds very do, specific I, problem that you've uh, I experienced. That, experience. I experienced that about two hours ago. <laughs> So frustrating. Sometimes it can be fun, though. Um, well, I, I know I, I got to stop you there, Russell. It's it's exactly fun because I <laughs> I this one specifically. I know that it sounds bad. Like, oh, I have to reconstruct this shitty survey that doesn't close, and it was. Uh, come on, let, be honest. It's fun. You like going through it. You like getting into the weeds on the leaps and bounds and all the other stuff. And because I'm a glutton for punishment. Well, that and this, you you like this. Business I do. I thing. do. I'm like, not complaining. Even, even when it's shitty and not exactly right, that's part of the fun, right? That's true. So yes. here I have as an outsider a question. Yeah. You can't say it's shitty survey because you guys ram down my throat every freaking day. Not you, but the survey industry. Yeah. That we have a set standard that's gone back to biblical times <laughs> yes, that exactly. even the Lord himself cannot <laughs> deviate from. And then yet every so, single, single surveyor survey you know always deviates from yes. it. <laughs> so don't blame the shitty survey. I, I love that comment. Do yes. as I say, not, not as, as I, I do. do. <laughs> oh, um, yes. So, oh, what, what, what do you think about that, Russell? That actually segues right into uh, what I what drives me nuts about the industry. <laughs> Perfect. I would say those uh, um, you know the people that come in and, and they do the the surveys, the, the clearinghouse surveyors. They come in oh, and yeah. do them at like five hundred dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the clients like, well, why are you guys five times? It's like wait till wait till you get your CAD file and then you have us basically redo it. That's that's why they're five hundred dollars. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, I, I don't. It's infuriating that that they are able to just exist, I guess. Like, cause the quality is so bad. Yeah. Measure twice, so cut once, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you <sighs> can't say over time, the guys in their garage doing them for 500 bucks a pop are not the guys that are still there. And it's the quality companies yeah. like Russell works with. And the, those are the ones that last. The quality stuff is the stuff that survives. And those are the ones that cleans up the garbage that those guys do. Because yeah. to Pe- Kent's point, a company of uh, Russell's company's caliber and the company you work for, Alta, they don't tolerate shitty guys, right? Yeah. You're just Correct. not going to make it more than no. two weeks. Correct. Yeah, yeah. but you still, have to com- you still have to compete with those shitty guys, though. Yeah, you do. On, yeah. I mean, on some things. On some, yeah. some things. Yeah, you're on right. Things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then, then you always have to you spend a lot of time educating the client about why. Ooh, bingo. It, yeah. Love they that. should spend more money. When ultimately the, the, the you value. shouldn't you shouldn't have to commute you know yeah try to convince somebody that paying a little more for value mm-hmm. and quality is the better thing in the long run and, and clients end mm-hmm. up thinking you're making any excuses 
Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. That's the part I love, though. I love being in a position to be able to educate the client. Because um, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, you're 2,000, 3,000, whatever. You know, more than that, the last guy or the other guy. I'm, okay, well, here's why. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I didn't understand that. I didn't realize that, you know. So um, I love that part of it, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Russ. That, that was that was good. Okay, let's move on. Um, so you get to use a lot of really cool technology, of course, LiDAR, whether it be terrestrial or mobile. Are you doing anything with the wearables, like the Navis or anything like that right now? We have uh, a Navis, but it's it's primarily um, in New York City they use it, mm-hmm. and they use it for the real estate, for the apartments. Right. And, uh, and they use it, I believe they use it for warehouse scans, I want to say. Mm. Um. That's, can can you guys enlighten me real quick? What, what what's a Navis? The Navis is a, it's a it's like a backpack system, mm-hmm. and it works off of cameras. Uh, I haven't used one personally, so if if I, if I say anything misspeak, correct me, please. But it, it works off a camera system, and if you go onto any like apartments.com, it's any of the ones that you basically fly through. They have the you know where you can see the whole apartment. That's mm-hmm. the Navis system, basically. They have like their own viewer like system medical. and everything. Yep. Yeah, it's it's what uh, some people call FODAR, you know, it's yeah. photography, mm-hmm. LIDAR. It's not actually laser scanning anything. What about Emerson? Have you tried that? Mm. I have not. I'm not. What is that one? So you guys saw the video. I'll have to send it to Russell, that scan that was done compared design oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. survey. Yep. So what it is, it's a handheld LIDAR unit mm. uh, that you walk mm. around. Yep. And then, or you can put it on a backpack or uh, a little rover, uh, as in a... Uh, like a remote control car, and then you slap it on the drone. But the interesting part is that it completely controls the drone and it's reading the LiDAR data live to navigate its way around. Mm. So it can't hit any obstacles. You can tell it four feet away. Yep. And basically we did this scan on a very contentious um, area in Scottsdale. I'll just leave it at that, where the surveyor was fighting with design we found out by putting our control into the survey control that the survey was bang on on the south side. And this is like total 500 square feet and soft on the south side and design was flip-flopped. And the installer did the very best job he could to navigate between the two sets. Mm. But we scanned it on the ground, we flew it, we merged the point cloud on site took a total of two hours and delivered the data. And within 30 minutes of them ingesting it into BIM, they could exactly see the errors. Interesting. Wow. The problem was, crazy. when I asked how much they'd pay me, they went, well, it's time and materials, right? Mm. You're only there for two hours. <laughs> That's Mark no. Taylor with Extreme Aero Productions, by the way. <laughs> he didn't want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't put a plug out there, but... Um, so that when you talk about LIDAR, that's the revolution of data collection. And it, we did verify that it was within a centimeter. Interesting. Wow. So did you constrain your portion with survey grade control? Yes. We okay. tied in and we had the surveyor come out and burn the little six inch reflective discs, which were already on known benchmarks. And we made sure that his unit was calibrated. We waited for tolerances, all that good stuff. And we only needed three points uh, to triangulate in and tie in. But it was enough to find out that the metal wasn't timed correctly, that this special cladding had to be attached to. So the job site had been delayed for 30 days while they all fought. Interesting. Two hours later, it was fixed. Very cool. Um, Another, what's, what's the other acronym now slam yeah this is a slam lidar mm. system yes so mm. 
Sean right now is Googling what does SLAM stand for. Uh, and it's got nothing to do with what you think it does. <laughs> so well, there's, a, there's, a, <laughs> there, there, there's, a, there's a safety acronym for SLAM. No. But I'm guessing it's not the no. same thing. This is, let me see if I get it right, uh, simultaneous... Localization and mapping. mapping. That's right? correct. Yep. And that's what these uh, Navis things are. Yes. Uh, uh, Google.com says that that is correct. Kent. Is that right? I got yes. it. Yeah, that is correct. Fantastic. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out there right now. I, maybe I am l- releasing this a little too soon, but I'm really excited about this. Um, some One of the Navis guys posted something on uh, LinkedIn yesterday and um you know about using the the navis backpack to scan and do like heat maps for the uh, the flatness of floors and things like yeah, that yeah. right yep, yep, yep. so i made the comment can you use it to monitor the flatness of curling ice oh my god oh, but it geez. changes with temperature no, well, very, well, very minimally. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, they are very that intrigued should be by uni- this. That should be uniform, right? They it are, should, should, but based on activity in the atmospheric and barometric pressure and all that bullshit. Well, yeah. and the and the weight of the curler, curler right? Yes, exactly, because he's burning 11,000 <laughs> calories an hour, according to his new Apple Watch. <laughs> in this one spot, it's yeah, going in this, to in this deform. One, one, one spot. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, tough crowd tonight. <laughs> Jeez. Yes. Well, you I'm leaving. Off. Please, I'm leaving. Please do. Oh, great. Yeah, that's great stuff. Okay. Please so continue. Long story short, the Navis guy is like, oh, my God, that's cool. So then, next thing I know, I'm inviting him to come to Phoenix with his Navis backpack and scan the <laughs> curling ice and record a podcast. Oh, nice. What you really and, should do is invite him to help us with some floor flatness surveys. That Do we have yeah. some? Oh, we do it all the time. Where? What are, you, what are you talking about? We do floor flatness surveys all the time. Are you Who? using Speedy? Who's we? You got a mouse in your pocket? No, we, 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 we rent the equipment and we run the thing and we do the survey. Really? Yeah. Well, you oh, need to wow. try my new gear. Wow. Yeah. It's well, faster than a t- total business. So anyways, I think he's, that's I, my point, guys. Come mm-hmm. on, get with it. I think he's coming to Phoenix. He's bringing his Navis backpack. We We're just want Russell to come to Phoenix. And Russell's welcomes. Yeah. Yeah. He can borrow the one from New York. He yeah. likes curling. He already said yeah. that. And we're going to write, we're going <laughs> to write an article about it. It's going to be amazing. Hey, Geoholics, we'd like to give a shout out to this week's highlighted friend of the program, Cyanic Automation's job book. Do you think it should be easier to collect timesheets, daily work records, and invoices for your customers? Is it difficult to look up past jobs in a certain area so you can reuse control points and other information? Are you sick of using software that does not quite store all the customer and job information you need? If the answer is yes to any or most likely all of these questions, you need to check out Cyanic Automation's job book created by the workflow experts at Cyanic Automation. Jobbook is a modern cloud-based solution built for surveyors that works in the field. Visit their website to find out more at getjobbook.com and Geoholics listeners receive 20% off their first year subscription. It's going to be amazing. All right, so back to Let's Russ. Back to Russ. We've, we've kind of got off the rails here just a little bit. You did. Um, yeah, you talking did. about curling so and of brushes course, and sweeping. You're using, and, you know, UAS yeah. and all this stuff. And um, how do you think all this technology is going to transform the uh, the profession and the way we do business? Wow. Um, it transforms. I, I definitely price. Like, it definitely affects the price. It's, it's cheaper. You know, when you go out and fly a site and it's, you know, 500 acres, which drone LIDAR, <clears throat> and then able to do it in your office. So I think, I think we're going to see, 
I think we're going to see a staff reduction again, just like we did, you know, when, when it went from the note, the note keeper party chief and the Rodman, and then it went to just the two and then it's just the one. Now I, I think you're going to see one person be able to do even more, mm. I guess, if that, if that makes sense. Is that a good thing or a bad yeah. thing? Well, I know for like manufacturing, they say it's a, it's a good thing because it gets rid of a lot of, un, it, it makes the person that's doing it is worth more money. They're highly technical. Mm. Yeah. So you lose a lot of the, the lesser skilled jobs, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you have one, you know, and through attrition, you have one person that has more skill to demand more money. It's a better paying job, mm-hmm. I, I, I guess. I think that that would be valid, uh, Russell, and, and smack me back if you don't agree. But right now, the amount that we fly with LIDAR and photogrammetry and the amount of surveys we do, I need more people than processing I can't do a lot of AI processing because it's not survey grade or engineering grade. The point cloud still needs cleanup. We've still got mm-hmm. to drill down for the lines, right? But as AI advances and gets to a acceptable survey standard, a minimal operating standard, as it were, um, then I think that might happen. But I, I know from AI and all the firms that are coming out, they need hundreds and hundreds of thousands of data sets to train the AI and I know mm. all the companies that hit me up and go, oh, we can do this, this, and this. And you go, yeah, you've given me 85% of a model, and now I'm spending more time with a 15% fixing it. Mm. Same, yeah. It's same, literally the same. Um, I get uh, all the time messages, LinkedIn or email, mm. you know, from the vendors. And I'm like, I just can't, for the same reason that you said, I said if I have to go back through it, I might as well bid it myself. Yep, yep. You know, just from an efficiency standpoint, across all of it. And, uh, AI is just not there. People, people outside of our industry will ask me, you know, clients or, or industry adjacent people, whether it's engineers or something. And, and like, Oh, do you just use AI to extract it? I'm like, I wish yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't trust AI to grab curves perfectly or anything. No. I mean, what happens if it misses it by a few inches back and, of and asphalt? How does it know it? when or, there's no back of asphalt? Right. You've got to have a human yeah. go in and fix it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, it's just That's- like you said, Mark, it's like, it's AI is evolving, right? I mean, it's, it's not perfect. There's no way it's constantly evolving. But my question is like Mark said, like you need the people to evolve it. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like who is, who is driving that development? Yeah. It's you need it and everyone needs it, but who is taking the lead on, okay, we're going to actually mm-hmm. pull in a bunch of people to help develop this, to make, mm-hmm. To make it work better. A, l- a lot of them are buying data sets. So the new companies really? that come along. Is that what are, they do? They, it's the fastest way to train them. Get 100,000 acres in and just jam it in and, and break wow. the system. And mm. then they, they keep teaching it. Like we can now tell the difference on the survey work that we've done. We've trained scripting, but it's still done manually like in Agisoft. But we've written scripts to differentiate between Palo Verde and Russian Palo Verde. Because Russian Palaverdi is the one that causes all that has the mistletoe that causes the uh, uh, storm. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, floods to occur because the water can't pass through. Yep. Um, so if we can pull it up on a lidar survey, teach teach it, we can do instant calcs, mm. right? We can uh, uh, show the watershed changing. Um, yep. So simple stuff like that. But that's only after flying, gosh, ten thousand acres. Mm. Right? Interesting. You no. Know? Um, but yeah, many companies call me up, and when I'm not interested, they'll ask if they can buy the data set. Mm, interesting. What do you think about that, Russ? I wish. I would sell data sets all day. I can't get away with I'm it. Just kidding. I'm yeah, just I was going to say. We can't, we can't <laughs> sell any of our yeah. data. They, they don't want to buy it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I just go out and scan my street and sell it to them. Oh, man, that's great. This is a manhole cover, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's what that's the problem. Uh, uh, it's not a problem, but at my company, a lot, a lot, there's a lot I can't talk about. Like the clients, sure. you know what I mean? It's a private sector. So there's definitely no way we can ever sell the data. That. Well, I, yeah. will, I will tell you, Russell, On um, we were fortunate enough to fly 200 miles of road for Chip Seal. And, um, what blew me away was the drone data was good enough. We used a wing trip, 41 megapixel camera, flew it 220 mm-hmm. feet, um, processed the 200 miles, did the line work for them, and they took the line work. It was all geospatially referenced and controlled, right? And then they put it into these little painting robots, and off they went, and they lined up almost perfectly. Talk, about the, talk about the painting robots. Is that CivTech? No, it isn't. Uh, my, my guy's over at CivTech. Nope. nope. It's... Um, it's uh, it was a, a product for one of the departments of transportation. Gotcha. And they had these two little robots that they went and uploaded <coughs> into machine control, and they did their excuse me tweaking and mm-hmm. put the line back. And what was the challenge for them was the back of asphalt didn't exist; it had been eroded so much. Yeah. Um, and off they went, and they were super super happy. They said, "This is the way we'll be doing it." I don't know that we'll ever get to the point where it's completely automated. No. No, there's, there's got to be a human component. There they, have to, to be. they have to have at least 10 employees standing around there picking their ass, uh, mm-hmm. looking at it, right? Yeah. It's the overhead model. That's Exactly, yeah. 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 Uh, or someone like Russell just looking there and posing and flexing. Yeah. Or <laughs> Russell, I, I'm, I'm curious. We, we, we talk about different different things of technology. Like what's the, mo- what's the, the, the technology piece of the equipment that you're most excited about? Great question. What do you mean by that? I guess uh, like uh, well, I mean I see all these different things with with backpacks of lidar and mm-hmm. and slam and VR and all this stuff. Like what? And what, uh, what the dog? What, spot the dog? Yeah. Oh man, Boston like, Robotics. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you really? Like, what do you think is the coolest thing that you've seen out there that you think is really going to take over in the next ten years? I I mean I think I think you're going to see more. I think it's called I forget what the name of it is. Uh, what it uses for LIDAR to, to read. Um, like in the example you gave, I think it's like machine learning or whatever, Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, where it throws learning. the LIDAR um, and, and it's, it, it, things are just going to become autonomous, like mm-hmm. self-autonomous, like almost like a drone going like, uh, or on the ground or something like that. I think mm-hmm. in the future it's, um, that's going to be pretty cool. And then also once technology Right now, we have so much data, so much LiDAR data uh, in the world, right? Like, yep. think about all this LiDAR data. What What is the throttle right now? It's storage and it's bandwidth. Mm. As those get faster and better and we quadruple our storage, you know, that then and all of this data is going to be able to be consumed by cars and, and drones and, and, you know, surveyors and engine, everyone. We're just going to be able to consume this, like, living world of data. It's going to mm. be, that's going to be a cool age. I, I like to think that we're going to be there in like 20 years because I don't know if we'll be around 20 years after that. So, so <laughs> Russell, <laughs> let me ask you this question as you're into the drone space and all the rest of it. I, I always push back on people beating me up and saying, Hey, we've got a drone that can fly fast, faster, longer, hundred megapixel image. And I'm like, one, I don't want to be able to fly for two hours because my guys will be playing Pokemon and fall asleep in 110 degree heat. Two, yeah. I, I want the drone <laughs> to come back to make sure I've still got the data. Right. Mm-hmm. And then until the National Survey Board decides that we all have to deliver one millimeter contours, what's the point of having higher resolution? We really 
we're already capped at it right now. We can't right. read a 500 megabit um, CAD file. You right. Know? Our, our good God, I just produced a three and a half terabyte DSM the other day. But but no one can do wow. anything with that. You know? No one can do it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, oh, that's the thing. Great, like but, the uh, end user, you have to make something that <laughs> yeah. is usable. Yeah. I said, we need to tile it. No, no, no. We have supercomputers. You're not understanding me. This is huge. It cannot be opened by any software. Oh, no, we have a supercomputer. Plus, I've got a bunch of Indian engineers. They'll be able to figure it out. Mm. Yeah. So now he's paying us to tile it. Oh, God. Crazy. Even, uh, even some of the ones we do, just when they get into like the 25, 30 gig range, mm -hmm. they won't go into AutoCAD. No, they won't. One, you, you have to tile them to go into AutoCAD. MicroStation can deal with it because it's a 64-bit, mm -hmm. pure 64-bit software, but... Autodesk, you end up you end up cutting it for the, for everyone yeah. to display, and, and that's nowhere near three point five terabytes. Yeah, and who who's going to look at an entire project and work on an entire project in its entirety? They mm. always work on sections, yeah. right? Of course, yeah. yes. That's why we tile the lidar too. Same thing. You don't. Why would you load you know five hundred gigs of point cloud data? Load it a thousand feet at a time, you know, yeah. or whatever. Crazy it makes no sense. But it sounds like it's the. We're we're collecting a ma massive amounts of data, massive amount. But it's we're almost to the point where everything else needs to catch up, so yes. we can either yes. be able to deal with it. But I'm yep. guessing it's let's just not make every every laptop a supercomputer yep. that can handle one terabyte yep. files. It somehow it either needs to be condensed or mm -hmm. we work in sections. And and I mean, yeah. It seems like that's the next step in the technology is not yeah. collecting the data, but how we make it for the end user to actually yeah. use Correct. and do something with. It's like we're constantly right. pushing the envelope. You know, it's like for the longest time, it was like, we can collect so much data, the software's got to catch up. And then yep. the software catches up, and then we find a better way to collect even more data. Yep. And that's where we are mm -hmm. now. We collect so much freaking data. Oh, yeah, it's great. I, I can I can get to within a millimeter of yeah. this distance to this distance, but yeah. I can't, one, do anything with it, and I can't send it to right. the guy that actually wants it to be able to use it because it'll blow up his computer. It's and, up and to the software to catch up to the hardware where it is today. Yep. Huh? Whereas is that where we're at now? Ago? Is yes. the hardware can collect it, yes. and we yep. need software that can actually manage it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then that then circle back to you create software that can do it, but then you need the baseline hardware that can run the software. It's always going to keep flip flopping right flip -flop now because we're pushing yeah. the demands. I mean, yeah. look at what Apple's done with the M2 chip on the Apple computer. I mean, they're pretty much pushing ninety uh, ninety six bits right now. Really. Yeah, I can process seven streams of 8K video. So is everything you do time. on Apple? Like all your processing is done yeah, on Apple? No, I have to do the piece of crap. Uh, PC. PC. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so we have a supercomputer that was built by Puget Sound. That's all it does is photogrammetry and LiDAR. Oh, wow. So the GU, uh, the interface and the uh, the video cards are specific for that. Because wow. we do a lot of road. So road is the most stressful on a on a computer. Interesting. Linear emissions. I just, I, I, I keep going back to thinking about like Waymo, for example. Yeah. You see those cars driving around all mm -hmm. the time, just collecting data. That's all they're doing is collecting data, collecting data. Um, it sounds like, Russ, you, you've had some experience with, with that type thing. You've done some work in Vegas as it pertains to autonomous vehicles. Yeah, um, a few years ago. It was pretty cool. I got to drive from New York to Las Vegas. Like oh, wow. Road trip. I got pay, paid to do it, too, so it was cool. I've always wanted to. Um, and uh, it was for... This is years ago, so I guess I could say it was for Hyundai. Um, they were going to demonstrate their uh, self-driving car at, at CES one year. Maybe this might be 2018 or something like that. Oh, wow. And uh, so we scanned the strip 
um that was really cool but um and then we had some the clients were from out of the country and uh boy vegas gets bad fast when you get off the strip yeah <laughs> oh my god we pulled over a couple times and it was like it was like grand theft auto the video game i was like <laughs> i was like guys we gotta leave like they don't understand like yeah. we gotta leave this spot <laughs> we cannot stay here <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, yeah, it was it was it was wild, especially when I got we, so we went out there, just scanned it all during the day, wherever they wanted, and then at night we collected the control, just to kind of just loose control, you know, RTK, and um, man, I remember getting to the north side of the strip, and it, it, I saw, yeah. <laughs> it was like an episode of Cops where they film it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty wild. Ugly, ugly city. Yeah. So we were, this might interest you, Russell. We were on a traffic survey for, um, uh, we were hired by a German company to do six intersections. And after the third day of having two drones up and on tether and seeing these Waymo cars come around, one of the engineers in the Waymo car came over to us at Starbucks and we go, do you have any idea why you're driving around while we're flying? Because no one will tell us what the hell is going on. And he goes, um, yeah, your video is being used to homologate with our 3D uh, reality capture so that our sensors can shoot 200 feet further than the intersection because we only have a 60-foot throw. So we want to go 200 feet out, so now we can do all these predictive uh, models. And I was like, you guys are taking a 4K video and uh, at the same time and attach. Oh, my God, that's incredible. And he goes, oh, you haven't seen anything yet. So wow. it's it's pre forecasting mm-hmm. and predictive modeling, interesting, uh, based mm-hmm. on time and traffic patterns of what's prob- probably going to happen. So it's becoming, I think, self aware is a little dramatic, but it's starting to <laughs> think for itself in the predictive uh, algorithms. So, Mister Taylor, yes, I got to hit the pause button for just one second. Okay, homologate. Ooh, oh yeah, you're gonna have to did you make that, that up? One. You just no. fucking made that up. No, homologate. homologate. I'm looking the, it up the right joining now. Google of that shit. Homologation, the the uh, combining of fluids or materials. Oh God, into this one gross. Flag. So did you figure out what homologate is? Because I don't want to be mocked for my th- thesaurus. No, that's uh, what the producer's for. He's supposed to look that shit up uh, as we go. The the definition that I see is uh, to officially approve something. Oh no, hmm. I don't know if that fits. Oh, I think that he just made up a word. It's a great word. It's a great word. I, I, I love it. Oh I love goodness. it. It's a great word. Uh, this is the Webster <laughs> Dictionary that we use here in America here, Mark. So don't give me your uh, your, your BS UK made Long up words. Long rest her gracious <laughs> queen. <laughs> Piss off, you bastards. Homo genus. Hey, so Russ, let's go this direction. Yeah, um, let, let's go in a different direction. Oh, oh, hold on a minute. Hold you on. guys can kiss my pimply dimply ass. It is an adjective of the same kind, alike, consisting of parts of all of the same kind. You did not use it as an adjective. First of all, you just said a circle <laughs> sentence. I don't even know what you just said. I'm uh, reading from could, whatever this is. Could, could, look, continue on, Ken, with your question. I can't read right now. Yeah. Uh, so, Russ, um, let's talk about this. I mean, all the, these different technologies that we're using for collecting data, let's focus on the importance of survey-grade control. Oh, Kent's okay. yeah. so favorite topic. A, this is this is a, a a pet peeve of mine. Yes. Actually, it came up today. A requirement said said that the the lidar had to be survey grade. Uh, okay, well, what's survey, survey grade? grade. Mm. What's what's or the, the, this is going to be good. Always, you see, you see, they say GIS grade. 
what's GIS grade? Is it what's the number associated with GIS? I know what the intention is behind those two words. Hold, well, hold on, I'm hold sure on. all of you clarify, clarify GIS grade versus survey grade. <clears throat> survey grade, I feel like it's a, it's definitely the wrong phrase. What they should be saying is engineering or design grade. Right, that's correct. that's the phrase. I would yeah. say design grade is probably the most succinct way. Design to grade. Describe. I like that. I like design that. grade. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Don't throw engineers into this. You can't can get a big stamp lidar data. You can't stamp lidar data. <laughs> so, no, you cannot. Um, mm. No. And then and then asset asset grade. Mm. That I've Ooh. seen that wildly. GIS what? grade asset grade. It can mean uh, to me that just means unconstrained. Yep. But yeah. um, you know. Three feet. They go out with handheld GPS and collect things. What they call asset asset grade. They they pull it mm. off Google Earth. So I mean, it could be anything. I feel like it's because it's, it's got a building in front of it. Mm. I love. I, you know, what? I actually love those two terms: design grade and asset grade. Ooh, asset grade. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that because there was instead one of mm -hmm. go ahead. I'm instead sorry. of the GIS and, and survey or grade, right? You're yeah. saying yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm totally on board with that because we did a scan of the. Uh, SRP canal, I don't know, like three miles of it for, uh, for SRP. And, uh, it was for them to monitor assets. That's it basically. Yeah. And that did not have to be constrained near as much as some of the other scanning projects that I've worked on in the past. Yeah. Cause the digital twin becomes asset grade. If you're mm. cat cataloging, a whole other, ca and, whole other yeah. topic. Yeah. Digital twin <laughs> metaverse. Love it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Love it. Yeah. But it goes back to my question. Why is survey grade in quotation marks? Is that because there's no set definition of what that is? It's just a term. It's right a on. term. And, and, and to be honest with you, I like uh, I, I I like Russ's yes. terminology. Design grade. Design so grade. what's the what's the requirement for design grade? That you can design to yeah. it, and it has the ability to to have some form of exportable. What would you say as an engineer? Yeah, what, what would you, you consider say? design grade? Like, what would you feel comfortable designing from? Well, it all depends on the, the project, right? Or what I'm looking for. Okay. All right. There has to, there has to be. The answer is it, it, it depends on so it's what floating. we're doing. It's floating then. I, I, I think that it. Design it, grade isn't specific enough. No. I, I, don't, I don't think you can set that says, okay, I need uh, a tenth. Yeah. Now we're talking. Vertical on everything when it could be a. Hundred acre thing or a one acre thing. Like I, I so I, I think that it, it all depends on Mark Taylor's the, the project an, specifications. Yeah. So uh, my set if, by the engineer Russell. Go ahead. You're the guest. No, no, no. By all means, go ahead. So I, what I've done with my clients is to say it's design grade where there is uniformity and consistency or homogeneity across the project, where it can be translated so that you know. It is two-tenths across the entire project, and it's two-tenths because of the following reasons. Therefore, when you import it, you know that's what your margin of error is. Two-tenths on the average? Yes. On the average. That, so so if, you, if you say it's plus or minus two-tenths, is it plus or minus four-tenths? No, it's plus or minus. If they, want, if they want absolute, we can give them absolute. But most people want to design, for example, line work in a parking lot. Yeah. They want to be able to put it, put it right back within a centimeter. We give them per pixel. How big is that pixel? Our GSD is half an inch per pixel. Mm. So there's your tolerance. Mm -hmm. And here's your reporting to prove that's what your tolerance is. Therefore, you can design with certainty. If you don't want to go out and ground truth it, then you didn't read my contract. Yeah. But go out. You can relay out that parking lot and know that it's. 
But that's the thing, right? It's the the ability to go back out and replicate it, replicate it mm-hmm. within some certainty of accuracy, right? Yeah, because of what we're giving you, it makes it design grade. You can comfortably design to it, knowing that most people want one foot contours, and we're giving you something that is half an inch. And here's how it's half an inch or one inch. So, Russ, jump in here. Mm-hmm. You, you what have, do you think? You have a surveyor, you have a drone geek, and you have a geotechnical engineer. What's your mm-hmm. perspective? So, my as a surveyor, if you told me you wanted something design grade, that means you can design drainage from it. Sanitary can connect to it. Mm-hmm. So we're talking quarter inch, like, you know, ADA. Yeah. You can design a site, a pad site from my survey. If I tell you it's design grade, that's so that's how, the way I would infer. That grade. is a specific, what, what he's saying is, yeah, I like that. is a little more than what I think we were thinking. A quarter yeah. inch is yeah. less than what we're talking, talking about. about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of the technologies mm-hmm. we've talked about, of them, which is capable of... Uh, collecting survey grade data. Um, That's tight. Okay, I mean, quarter so, inch is pretty so, tight. So when I say the quarter inch, I usually for mobile mapping, I follow like the the um, I forget who it is, but the I know like California uses it, where it's basically ninety percent of them yep. will be within. It's was it one point nine five of one sigma, you know the standard deviation. Right. So it works out. So it's like. 90% of your control points will be within, you'll hit within four hundredths. And I think it's like 60% will be at two hundredths or whatever. That That's like the generic mm-hmm. that we follow for mobile. Mobile mobile absolutely can hit two hundredths. I just did a Formula One mm. racetrack and that was at millimeters. So it can yeah. absolutely hit it if your control is good. But um, were you using tra- laser or were you using yeah. LIDAR, laser? That's the only way to do it. You can't do it photogrammetry or LIDAR. No, you can't yeah. do aerial LIDAR. No. no, it will just it won't. It won't do. Um, in in my experience with the with the drone lidar, impervious surfaces it hits really really well yep. on the impervious. Yep. And in the in when you get into the grass and stuff like that, that's when you start. To, you can see it. You know, it, it can be an inch. It can, yep. it can be an inch vertically. Yeah, but on an F one track, you you have to be millimeters because of all the calculations that go into tire compounds, uh, oh, refractive yeah. heat, yeah, everything. But, yeah, but you're talking about asphalt. It's, it's oh not no, it's, millimeters flat though. It, it when you get to F one, it's very when very very micro, tough. Yeah, yeah, they micro milled it. Yeah. I just oh, wow. on it today. Yeah, that, that is that was cool what we stuff there. Micro mill. We're doing um. We're doing a incredibly dense point cloud to turn a racetrack into a video game with lidar and photogrammetry. That's awesome. Yeah. So using Unreal Engine, but yeah, there's micro milling is pretty incredible. What so what is I in, in, educate me? What is micro milling, Russell? You, he, go ahead. You can take, take that while I take, have this drink. He's having a having a drink. So the you know how they have the milling machines? There's a combination between pressure and milling to okay. push it down. And the engineers will actually give you uh, the type of camber that needs to be in the track. Okay. And then the scientists get together with the formulation of the asphalt to ensure that under the highest and lowest temperatures that track's going to be exposed to and the highest and lowest friction that it's not going to change. Is that about right, Russell? It's better than I could have said it. Although, well, thank you. With that you know, if I, if I went back, yeah, listen to that. Hold on a second. If, if I went back and dissected everything that Mark just said, yes, seventy percent bullshit. Maybe but, uh, but, uh, you know, you're, maybe fifty percent is like making sense. He's throwing words out there: micro blip, 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 blip. 
Do you just make I this shit s- up as you no. go? Uh, dude, you didn't you didn't know what scrotum was last week. Well, <laughs> I am evolving. Yes, you are. I'm evolving. Oh my god! Don't knock the guy with a thesaurus. Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> circling back to the fact that it is asphalt, and you can talk about pressure <laughs> and all the other things, but it's still. Sand and rocks, and there's gonna be some. Oh, here we go. Deviations in the material that it cannot you, be so. You need to perfectly talk to Sunland Asphalt. I know them very well. Talk to those guys. Every, talk to Manny about every, the new formula. Obvi- well, you're talking to a guy who tests asphalt for a living, and oh yeah, I I got you. And I know what goes into it. So the he doesn't idea actually. That it is, he doesn't actually. He delegates it. No, yes, I, he I, delegates, I delegates it. Delegate but Russell, what there. do you say about that? Uh, I was gonna say. They they get it. I would I would venture to guess that next to a, I mean I would say Formula One and then probably the runways on the on the airports are probably yeah. the most accurately placed asphalt. At least from when I collect it, what they tell me they want to see in it. Mm-hmm. Um, very accurate. Um, we couldn't even do the runway. We had done a runway before, and it, and the mobile mapping units aren't good enough compared wow. to the bar. The yeah. bar scanners actually. Is what they want because they they want to know like the roughness for yep. when the plane comes down. Oh yep. sure. And so yeah, is that the bar? They want it. They want it. They want it scanned at like different temperature ranges and everything. They're, they take that very serious. When you say the bar scanner, um, is that the thing that's mounted on a van or whatever, and you just yeah, kind of drive right. over it? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, specific they get wavelength. More a much denser cloud even than than uh, mobile mapping units can get. That's crazy. but it's but they don't have the robustness. I mean, it's going bumper to bumper basically. Yeah, that's that's all they're getting, and I don't think that they use. Uh, it's a different process. I think it's similar to the Amberg system, like the the scanners that go on the railroad tracks. Like it's very specific use for those. Yeah. So, talk about your experience with F one. What exactly did uh, did your company do, and what was the deliverable? Uh, so that we scanned, um, we we surveyed the whole Hard Rock. We've done. Um, we're doing like the environmental, the, the the drainage design, all the geotech, like a, a bunch of stuff. And they've been building since I've been on site. They've built uh, these gondola things from the parking lots. They've built pedestrian bridges. Is this in Vegas? Uh, no, it's in Miami. Oh, Miami. Uh, yeah, thank you. A train, a training facility. It's where the dolphins play. A training facility, and then we so we did the initial survey and all these other surveys, and then uh, they designed they designed uh, the Formula One track, and then. They laid it out, but we did just like the final course, like the micro milling. Awesome. So we would scan a course. We'd scan like 1,500 to 2,000 feet at a time and then turn it around. They want a full surface every two feet oh on wow. the, for the pavement and on the curb or the drainage or whatever, the concrete, whatever's on the edge, yeah. every two feet. And we turned it around, a DTM and the line work and the spot wow. shots. like. 24 hours we were turning around it was it was pretty intense so has it got to the cool has it got to the point where these teams then are provided that information so they know like to the millimeter what the track looks like yeah they were taking but deliverable for me to the to it was topcon actually flew like flew their main guy from new york upstate new york and they came down or whatever and then we just give them the xml file and he would put it right in there and it would just control it that's crazy. That's pretty crazy. crazy. And then at the end, they were they were very skeptical. They didn't want LIDAR. They're used to having it shot, you know, right. like manually with a digital level. Yeah. And uh, we did a test section, and then we went through the whole thing. And, and at the end, he wrote a really nice email and said he would he'd be hard-pressed to do it better right. himself. That's awesome. So. <clears throat> very cool. It was cool. 
Yeah, that's super cool. So let me ask you this question, maybe a controversial one. Um, all these technologies that are out there now, whether it be terrestrial LIDAR, mobile LIDAR, you know, UAVs wow. with LIDAR. Um, and Russ, in your opinion, I mean, you've got a lot of experience with this. Do you think that folks that are using this technology and developing mapping should have a certification of some sort? Or do you think it should fall under Shut up. A, uh, a registered land survey? Shut up. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Boo! Can I, can this I question was for Mark. Question? <laughs> can, yes. I answer, can I answer with a question? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Are, are they depicting topography or are they depicting boundary at any given topography. point? Yeah. No. Topography. Okay, topography. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, that's contentious. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, boundary is obvious. Boundary is obvious. Boundary, that's right. our thing. We, we can't give that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I selfishly, I want to say that it should be under land surveyors. Um, I don't think, I think the technology in the beginning when it was just PIX 4D and people were flying like Phantom 2s or whatever, yeah. and they're just taking the statistical analysis, that that made me nervous. I, I've seen stuff, not, you know, people right. just, here you go, and it was right from the yeah. Computer. Um, if if it's being ground truth, like if there's a set of rules, like where kind of like the states have for surveys or whatever, or or what we have from um, I forget the association, but you know for for flights, I think if they say that it's so accurate, if they're going to state an accuracy, then they should have their they could have their own registration, but they, then they have to follow the process. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? I agree so, with you. I, I want to stand out as mm -hmm. a differential and go, hey, I, I can't be like you and be absolutely gorgeous all the time and just be the drone geek. But, you know, I want to have some substance. So if you tell me i got to go get certified, I'm not doing a four-year degree, but if I have to go get certified and spend yeah. well, 18 months, I will. Why not? I, no, I'm saying I will. Yeah. I'm not going to get a four-year degree I'm already, I'm, because I'm already 50 times ahead of everybody else and I'm nine years into it. I've already got half a million invested into it and i'm not i don't need to be certified to give you guys the work to be my certification my rls stamp right so when when should and, and, and it might be a perfect example of surveyors missing the boat again yep. just like gis mm -hmm. um in your opinion and yours too russ um when should a surveyor be involved in uh data collection very beginning i'm just curious uh, what does it, it depend be when, on maybe the deliverable maybe it depends on the it, required deliverable doesn't that it, circle back to if you're delivering survey grade is it design data? grade is it design grade design grade or data is it asset grade so like, survey grade involves me having a survey no stamp. no we're, we're working on a nomenclature here okay design grade design grade i believe should still have control involved well not control but a survey yeah it no. has to have control involved. It, it has to have control yeah. involved, but I believe and that check. someone should, should should have checks and be willing to stamp that control so that we have a absolute no, known translation factor from yeah. surface to design. But who's, who's certifying I, that you're I, checking into that? Like you're saying, oh yeah, a surveyor should. So no, I have the control. He didn't say but, surveyor. He didn't uh, mention surveyor. Okay, so, somebody should control. establish the control. But as soon as, well, as, soon as I, the word control, I always is have a surveyor. It should be a surveyor. I always have an RLS mm. established control with enough ground checks. Verify that they're comfortable with us every two thousand feet. And, 
and yeah, so on and so th- forth. That's great for you, mm. but what certification do you need to do that? I don't want to have that certification because I want an RLS to make it stampable because everybody right now is still old school that says, well, you have to stamp it. No, I don't actually have to stamp it. I'm just creating a freaking quantity report on a stockpile, mm. you know. But if you want boundaries and its property and its altar well, or yeah, its design right, yeah. to that property, yeah. I want a surveyor to come in and make sure I've done a good job. Yeah. Russ, I'm dying to hear your response to this. So so if we're going to go the route where for a drone, you have a different certification, right? Yeah. In order, like in my opinion, in order for you to basically say, I stand behind these elevations that are on this Mm-hmm. figure because you can't call the survey right right then it has to have control and then you have to have the checks to it whether it's you know so many of uh some ground truth points yep and whether you do the ground truth on your own because you're going to certify it that's fine but the control when you start getting the control i feel like it has to come from the surveyor just it, because it, it, of it has to like the we, least squares network or, or balancing yeah. it or you know that's their that's that's their world like just you know like the drone is your world and we so can't get I, insurance I to protect what we're saying, and nobody will insure me for. Ma- that was my yeah. next question: Is yeah. can you get E and O even? No, for that. No, no, we can't. Right? So, okay. why you certify me on delivering what I'm delivering once I've collected it? But um, I'll pay for a certification for that. But as far as tying it into the control or going out and laying my control, I'm not allowed to do that. I don't want to do it. Right. I, I want. Mm-hmm. I want someone to because. If I go out and do it and I make a mistake or my guys make a mistake or take an Earthworks guy that's uh, using a $20 an hour grade checker who's trying to get home at 2 o'clock on a Friday, right? A surveyor surveyor has more validity. It's a base level from which I can build from, right? right? And it's an absolute zero. It's a control, not control point. It's like a control in a medical... uh, Yeah, or science. Science. It's the control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A placebo. So we have a minimum standard that we operate from, and if they don't like our drone data, we can always go back to here are the tolerances based on the RMS error from an established RLS who knows his shit and has a four-year apprentice. But that's a minimum standard that you operate from. It is. That's not a minimum standard that the profession operates on. Correct, and I I think if we go anywhere, that's what what we should do, because also it helps – uh, it helps fix this um, feeling of surveys that we're taking business from and we don't know what we're doing when we're actually you an are. additional two. No, we're not. <laughs> we love all surveys and they should be wrapped up in swaddling and cuddled. Okay? Um, so that's my point. Can but we pause right now and have that cuddle? Of course. Oh, but you don't that's need sweet. <laughs> oh. Uh, we talk about surveying as a profession and getting young surveyors involved. Can you talk a little bit about what you think about how we can get more people involved in this procession or profession and what, what you've done and what you, what you think we can do? Um, I would, I would like, yeah, we, we need to get more young people in. I mean, I don't know if you guys hear that, but even Connecticut and then down in Florida, the, the average age, I think it's like of surveyors. It's in the fifties. It's up there. Yeah. So yeah. I think, I think we really need to showcase the technology, this newer technology to everyone, like mm. the, the younger groups, you know, and expose them to it. And I, yeah. I hope that the survey course they teach at, at colleges, you know, like um, not the ones 
like University of Maine, you know, in Maine or whatever, where they're yeah. going for survey. But like people who take survey, whether it's construction management or, or anything, I hope that they start to, you know, they bring a LIDAR drone, they get a LIDAR drone, they get a mobile mapping unit or, and we, and at my company, we do do things with like New Jersey Institute of Technology. Yeah. Um, I just recently spoke uh, to a professor. I'm going to do a guest lecture in Florida at a class. So just kind of about LIDAR. So stuff yeah. like that, I think, show them. Well, Russ, I mean, doing, doing stuff like that is amazing. I mean, so kudos to you for uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, stepping out and doing stuff like that. That's huge. I mean, that's what it takes. It's, just, it, it, it's not going to be solved by like, did I just snort? Did yes. you hear that? Yes, I think, did. I, I think I started. It was awesome, though. Where did that come from? That is so weird. It's not going to take, like, one person to change, you know, to change the tide of this thing. It's going to take a collective effort. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, Russ, you're a great guy to get involved with that effort because, I mean, one, you're very well-spoken. As Mark has said, you're incredibly handsome and oh intelligent. Goodness. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Kudos to you. Yeah, absolutely. But what he's saying is we need to showcase more of the cool things of technology to get the kids involved. Yeah, yeah. no question. Mm -hmm. No question. Right. It's amazing. It's an incredible and, profession. And it's going to be up to the old fogies yeah. like us to determine mm -hmm. who's right and who's wrong on this grade or what. But get them involved in getting collecting data and get them interested in the profession, and we'll figure it out later. Yeah, right? it's not a mm -hmm. chain and level you're dragging through the cactus at 110 <laughs> right. degrees yeah. now. It's, oh, I've got a total business station. I've got a prism. Ooh, i got a TCS 7. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? oh, I've got five gigs of... <laughs> yeah, i got five gigs of RAM, RCB baby. Data. What have you got? Yeah. Like somebody to process. Yeah, That's so cool. Can I download it into your Leica? You get one of these Gen Z kids are gonna, you know, they pick it up like not like nothing. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like all this yeah. technology that we struggle to learn, yeah. like all this new emerging technology. That's why it's good to get younger people. I mean, they just, I mean, yes. it's just how it is. They pick it up like like it's a Fortnite game or something. You know, you know, oh, man. You know Russell. Uh, do you ever remember the movie uh, Johnny Mnemonic? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I've been using that analogy lately because I'm learning new LIDAR techniques and all this other really cool mm. geospatial stuff. And I go, I'm 53. I don't have enough left in my brain. Can Oof. I just plug in and delete a whole bunch of embarrassing Oh, my moments? God. Dude, I, right? I yeah. love that. I love what you're saying because I have those same thoughts all the time. I'm like, I cannot take in any more intelligence. Yeah. I, I just, I don't have the processing bandwidth. I, I think I'm a smart person, but I'm really, really struggling because I don't have enough room left in my well, brain. Well, no, for me, it's like, can I get any smarter? No, you can't. <laughs> no, no, what no. is wrong with you guys? All right, Russell, one last question. What advice would you give someone who wants to make a career in geomatics? First, I would say great choice. And then I would refer them to any of the local colleges that have, uh, you know, degrees in geomatics. And uh, if they're not interested in pursuing that route of going to school, there's always, you know, call up companies around and just get into it, start working in the field. That's a great, that, love that. Absolutely love that. Really good. Hey, Russ, thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Oh, man. I, I would say this is in the upper echelon of my uh, surveying career. Oh, good God. Far. Wow. You're well, making us you. blush. 
<laughs> really it's are. It's been drink. a lot of fun. Oh man, so much fun. We had a great time, Russ. <clears throat> Hope to see I you again at Topo. I'm going to see you again at Topo Dot. I don't know where I'm going to see you, but I'm going to see you again for sure. Are you gonna? Are you guys going to Topo Dot this year? Come Heck on. yeah, we're invited. Heck yeah. Awesome. I'll be there. All right, man. All right, Russ. Excuse me. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your time, Mike. Pleasure to meet you guys. Thank you so much. Dude, I'm so glad to have your acquaintance. Same here, brother. All right. Adding value, making friends, so much fun. If you'd like to be a guest on a future show, have any ideas or topics we should cover, (laughs) shoot us an email at info at thegeolics.com. Toxicity. System of a down. Available everywhere. Until next time, everybody. Love everyone. Be safe and healthy. Peace out. I feel, I still feel violated. Thank you to our 2022 friends of the program, Advanced Geodetic Survey, AGSGPS.com, Airworks, airworks.io, Bad Elf, bad-elf.com, Cyanic Automation, getjobbook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, diamondbacklandsurveying.com, Extreme Aerial Productions, extremearialproductions.com, Get Kids Into Survey, getkidsintosurvey.com, Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com, Nettleman LC Prep, lcprep.com, North Star Surveying, northstarsurveying.com, ProStar Corporation, ProStarCorp.com, Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us, Topodot, new.certainty3d.com, and finally, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.